Hey guys, welcome to the Access Baseball Podcast. Uh, I promised that I would try to get this out every week. Uh, Monday I was crazy busy, so uh, it, we had to wait two days, but I I fulfilled my promise. So uh, it's got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we've been covering a ton of games. It's pretty pretty crazy right now. A lot overwhelming the amount of information that uh, gets that gets thrown out there every single day, and just everything that changes. You know, there's just a million games, so. Apologize for for the delay, but uh, I'm gonna go backwards chronologically um, and go over the games that we covered over the past week. So yesterday was a incredible game between Northport and Bayshore. I really wanted to get to see both of those teams, and it worked out perfectly because uh, Fodor Liam Fodor from Northport had been lights out for his last for for his first two starts of the season. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know he won a complete game both times. Uh, one of them, the last one was against Smithtown East. So two complete games, only had allowed two runs in the um, 14 innings, striking out over a batter per inning, not walking anybody, and just um, very efficient too, 80 or 90 pitches each time out. So I knew that it was going to be a good matchup, and Bayshore, of course, is undefeated. Posted them as number three preseason. Got a lot of comments. And look, that's to be expected. And I don't expect everybody to agree with things that I say. And I definitely don't expect everybody to be uh, knowledgeable on every single team on Long Island. Because you're only going to see the teams that that you play. And if you're, you know, if you're an average person and, and you're on a roster, you know, you're not going out watching other games when you're not playing. So I, I understand people criticizing me for my opinions. That's that's the way it's always going to be. But the reason I put Bayshore three is because when you have a team that is loaded with upperclassmen pitching, that's five deep and lineup can bang with any team, then you're going to win a lot of games. And they're six and zero for a reason. So they go into yesterday, and they're at home, and they have Chris Rulo on the mound, who is who I'm a big fan of. Last year, if you guys remember the Boys of Summer Varsity Division Tournament. He was a big reason that they won the championship. He had won uh, two games in the playoffs, and um, <clears throat> and he won the championship game. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, yeah, the championship game against Plainet. So he's just a very good pitcher, and he w- went six up, six down to start the game. And I wrote in my article yesterday, I was like, if you just froze it in time in the bottom of the second inning, I mean, the game couldn't have taken any more of a of a U turn. Uh, North Northport. Even with their ace on the mound, fall behind four nothing. You know, Bayshore puts up a four spot in the bottom of the first on a couple errors. Steal of home by Coltrane Callaway. RBI hit Kevin Manaya and Matt Rulo. All of a sudden, it's four nothing. Um, Rulo's six up, six down, like I mentioned, in the bottom of the second inning. Bayshore gets the leadoff guy on in an error, and it looked like the wheels were going to come off. But to their credit, and that's when you have an upperclassman heavy team and a good coaching staff, they kept their head on straight. Next thing you know, um, it turns into a good game. So you fast forward to the bottom of the seventh inning. It's five to two. Rulo's going to, for a um, for the complete game. And honestly, I don't I don't fault them for for keeping them in. The guy um, the guy knows what he's doing, you know. And Rulo throws strikes. Herps is a great coach. Um, you know, personally, I would have had somebody ready to go um, if he started to struggle, and he did. He he threw. Um, Eight balls to start the innings. Walks, <laughs> walks the first two batters when he had ninety eight pitches entering entering the inning. So he had two batters to go, and he walks both of them. They bring in uh, Hayden Preston, a reliever. P- 
Preston winds up hitting Rocco Stola on a 3-1 count. Not that it really mattered. It would have been ball four anyway. So the bases are loaded. Now all of a sudden it's a 5-2 game, but you have the tying run on base. <clears throat> and Preston ends up getting a little dribbler back to the mound. Run scores. He gets the out at first. Next batter ground out the third. Another run scores, but they get a second out. And then the cleanup hitter, Will DeRizzo, comes up. And he turns on one, hits it off the scoreboard to give them the lead. Bayshore's, uh, I'm sorry, Northport's going absolutely crazy. So now they have a 6-5 to five lead. Preston strikes out the next batter, uh, Joe Gonzalez, to bring it to the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Fodor goes back out, gets the first two batters. The top of the order gets Ty Panarillo and Jason Ambos out to start off the inning. Two outs, two strikes on Coltrane Callaway. He ends up giving up a, a single to keep the keep the inning going. He gets 0-2 on Darnell Guerrero, who had a home run earlier in the game. He um he rips at the center field. Now he's at his pitch count. And and um there was a little bit of a debate actually because uh Bayshore was saying that he was at 105. Northport was saying he was at 103. If he's at 103, he's allowed to go another batter. So they get together, they ultimately decide he's allowed to face one more batter. He winds up um getting a ground ball. He he winds up getting Chris Rulo to hit a ground ball to third base. Third baseman botches it and throws it away, lets the tying run score, and then all of a sudden, now now Bayshore is in a position to win the game because they got uh, the potential winning run on base. Uh, Matt Rulo walks. They bring in a new, uh, the new pitcher is uh, is Jason Schwartz, the Malloy commit, and got to give him a ton of credit because he comes in. At this point, Bayshore is smelling blood. Their fans are riled up. The players are riled up. And uh, he ends up striking out Kevin Minaya to end the inning. Get his team back in the dugout. Northport comes up in the top of the eighth inning with the bases loaded. Rocco Stola rips one into the right center field gap. Score two runs. They take the lead. Um, Schwartz goes back out for the eighth inning. Gives up a leadoff single. And at that point, we're like, oh, this just can't be easy, huh? So even with the leadoff guy on, he winds up uh, coming up big, getting the next three guys. He strikes out the next three batters to get the win. So Northport showed a ton of resiliency, a ton of toughness. Five and two now record. Uh, Fodor does not get the win. He gets a no decision. But just for him to be able to stick around into the seventh inning in a game that there was 4 nothing in the first, that, showed, that impressed me a lot. Um, that was impressive. And Bayshore, look, I don't think anything changes for them. They're 6-1. and one. They're still a very good team. You know, they had shut out Connect 10-0 on Saturday. So I don't think anybody really expected that. So look, they're they're one of the top teams. I don't think that changes anything. But they're going to have to bounce back now with the win because nobody wants to uh, to blow a 5-1 lead at home. So that was yesterday. Um, we had a couple other reporters out covering games. The Longwood, Long Beach game was crazy. They were down by seven runs in the seventh inning against Mepham. And John Farina gets a walk-off hit. They scored eight runs in the bottom of the seventh inning. Not sure that ever happened. Uh, we had a reporter at Farmingdale, Andrew Alameda, um, was lights out, struck out 11 guys. He leaves with a 9 to nothing lead. They nearly blew it all. Um, Oceanside comes back, makes a valiant effort, and it winds up falling just short. They lose 9-7. to seven. So that was yesterday. Um, and then the day before that was Monday, a cover to Delphi. Beating Lemoyne, um, and that was frustrating because I was hoping that it would get done on Sunday so that we could cover high school yesterday. But they uh, Lemoyne ended up forcing a game three winner take all on Monday, and the game was over basically before it started. You got to give Nick Luke a ton of credit going out there on three days rest, throwing up 
zeros um, for Delphi. The offense was was relentless. Matt Alifano, what more can you say about the kid? The combination of him and Tim Feliz and Jack Ryan uh, in the in the batting order one two three has been incredible for for the Panthers. I mean, Alifano is potentially going to uh, be All American. Feliz is is an All Conference player, and um, and Jack Ryan All Conference player. And by the way. Catching every single day, hitting third in the lineup. Guy catches every bullpen, catches every inning of every game. Just a relentless worker, and he's hitting 340 to boot. So that's incredible. Uh, the Panthers, believe it or not, this is their first time playing in the any 10 championship game since 2014. I found that hard to believe just because, and I follow it, just because uh, they're always good. I figured that one year along over the last seven years, they made it to the championship game. But it really just goes to show you how good that conference is. It's, you know... Uh, I wouldn't even say it's underrated. It's it's properly rated. Everybody knows how good the teams are. But um, Adelphi won it in 2011. That was a year right before I got there. And they also almost won it in 2014 but lost to Southern New Hampshire. And that was with Mulford on the mound. That was a good team. They had Rich Mejia was All-American. Nick Zito was great. The back end of the bullpen was great. Um, but they lost that game 2 to nothing. Southern New Hampshire is very good. They're the number one overall seed. And they're 20th in the nation right now. So... Not saying they can't do it, but it's definitely going to be tough on the road. The Penmen are are very good, but you know New York Tech kind of set the blueprint. They beat them in, uh, two years ago on the way to the to make it to the College World Series. So you know it would be a great for the program. Obviously, Bill Cielo taking over. They've won ten out of eleven with him at the helm. Just I mean, Bill. Nobody deserves it more than him. The guy um, did all the recruiting for the last decade, and he's brought in. He's responsible for bringing in all these players. Talk to him pretty frequently about, um, you know, my opinion on on some players that I'll ask about, and he does his homework. You know, he's always at tournaments, always at showcases, and it shows. That's the crux of this team. And what's really amazing is that going into the season, you knew that Adelphi was going to have a good team, but the difference was that they lost Tom Ambrosino, their ace, early on in the year. Storms was unavailable to pitch. Rovner had the freak accident, uh, the concussion earlier this year. He was out for a little while. Um, I mean, they had a couple players ineligible because of grades. So, yeah, their roster looked really good in the fall, but that's not even the team that they have right now. The the depth that they have on this team is really showing. So, like I said, that's a credit to Coach Bill and the players stepping up. So we'll see if they wind up keeping their season going. They've already, you know, they've already maximized their, their potential, I think. So... So that was on Monday. After that, I shot over to Mineola down the road. I mean, it couldn't have worked out any perfectly. It was pretty funny because the Adelphi game, I forget what what time it ended, but I I go down the road to Mineola there in the fifth inning. Mineola's got TJ Cox on the mound. They're up 5-2 against Bethpage. Bethpage was 4-0 at the time, so they're on the verge of their first loss of the year. And all of a sudden, it was like I just brought Bethpage luck. I get there. Um, Chris, Chris Romaldi hit a, uh, game tying two run triple. And then the next batter gives them the lead, uh, six to five. It ends up being a seven to five final, I believe. So Beth page won that game to go five and oh, Nick Schimmel got the win. And then they win yesterday. Uh, Phil Guano gets the walk off hit at home against Mineola. Um, Pat Dalton, hard throwing Cortland commit struck out 13 over six innings, um, and so they're 6-0. and Beth Page, I put them uh, fifth, I think, in the preseason rankings. They're one of the top teams right now, easily. 
And they're dangerous because they have everything. They have the top two pitchers, and really that's all you need. Uh, DeGuano and Dalton are, are untouchable. So I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. So that was on Monday. Uh, Sunday was the Adelphi Lemoyne. Not much to else to go over because everybody talked about game three. I mean, they split the two games. Uh, they won the first game. Andrew Williams and Josh Rovner combined on the win. Game two, it was just doomed from the start. You know, um, they lost Max Steele to injury. And then um, they just get blown out in that game. So that was on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, went to St. John the Baptist. Um, that was a doubleheader against Holy Trinity. I only stayed for the first game. St. John the Baptist won 5-2. to two. Uh, Holy Trinity won games two. Uh, won game two with a doubleheader. They were up 7 to nothing in the first inning, which I was shocked. Uh, St. John the Baptist is just too good to be down 7 nothing in the first inning. I don't care who they're facing. But credit to Holy Trinity. You know, they've been competitive. Look, they have, um, they were 0-8 entering the game, but they always, they're always in, in the game. So it was just a matter of time before they got their first win. So good job to Dan Luisi and his crew. Uh, but in game one that I watched, you know, um, St. John the Baptist, they just showed their depth, you know, 1-9. through nine, They... They hit, you know, Jaden Asensio is a is a Division One player and he's hit ninth in the lineup, you know. Um, you know, Kyle Chase, just one of the best players on Long Island. Definitely think he's a potential draft pick next year. Did not pitch, but he played third, made an outstanding diving play. And um, you know, like I said, Holy Trinity, they were they were tough. They hung in the game. I think it was it was two to two, um, going into the sixth inning and um <clears throat> Randy Ram the race. Gets uh gets a RBI single with one out man on third gets it over the um second baseman's head with the drawn in infield and you know that kid is a problem he's very good I like Ram the race heard a lot of good things about him uh so they're deep you know when you have Chase and Ram the race you know Justin Arsenages top the rotation I think they're gonna be fine uh so that was on Saturday Friday I went to Southampton you know I'm out here in Southampton so I wanted to cover one of their games. It was not pretty, be honest. It was not a good game to watch, not entertaining because, um, you know, they didn't throw strikes. Uh, Southampton's starting pitcher was out after uh, two, two-thirds of an inning. They were down 5 nothing. Uh, poor Jeff had their, their ace, Tommy Yost, on the mound. He got the win. The game was 12-5, uh, 12-6 final. And not much to say. It was just not a, not a clean game of baseball. We'll, we'll put it that way. Thursday was very enjoyable. Uh, Sachem East against Comac. Comac entered undefeated, but they're going up against Rafe Schlesinger, who by now, if you know Access Baseball, you know Rafe. Rafe is going to Miami, hard-throwing lefty. There was 10 scouts there to watch him. Cross-checkers were there. The kid is the real deal. And if you don't like hearing about him, it's probably because you're jealous at this point. Honestly, I've heard enough people um, you know, throw throw shade that at this point it just seems like it's just jealousy the kid is is a draft prospect he was sitting 90 to 91 not touching 90 he was sitting low 90s touching 93 i mean he went nine up nine down the first three three innings he actually uh got got say chamise on the board he had an rbi hit down the line against craig pilkar uh gave them the lead and it looked like the game was in hand, you know, Schlesinger was dominant, and they couldn't get much going against him, and then all of a sudden, the sixth inning happened, um, let's see, I'm looking at the, uh, my article here, 
Matt McGurk starts off the inning. He strikes out. Johnny Caduasco, he ends up getting his second hit of the game. So he kind of got the rally going. He stole second. Uh, the ball got away. So he got to third. So he's on third with one out. Ground ball, routine ground out to shortstop. Then he just boots it. So that tied up the game. Uh, so now man on first. Connor Peterson comes up. The three hitter smokes one into the right center field gap. Uh, gets the <clears throat> gets the go-ahead run on the board. And then they wound up. Uh, tacking on a couple more after that. There was an intentional walk. There was another error to bring in the third run of the inning. And then Connor Schramm, the sophomore, and Nick Goldberg, the senior, hit RBI singles, almost duplicate hits right up the middle to give them a 5-1 to one lead. Uh, in the bottom of the sixth inning, St. East, they just put up a two two runs. Tymar Golis hit a two-run single off Pilkar to make it 5-3, to three, but that was as close as they would get. Jack Cassone came on in relief to... Closed the door to um, keep Comac's undefeated season going. So they were 4-0 after that win. And since then, they've improved to be 6-0. So credit to Comac. I mean, it doesn't get much tougher. I wrote in the article, I said, on a difficulty scale, that is as tough as it gets. To go on the road and go up against a lefty throwing in the mid-90s uh, on the road, just it doesn't get more difficult than that. So credit to them. They're going to win a lot of games. I, you know, At this point, I don't know who's going to beat them. Because when you look at it, they've already gone through that that toughest game that you're going to face. So um, every every team is susceptible to to complacency and to losing a game here and there. But it, you know, and that's that's just baseball. But I don't know anybody that's going to be favored to beat them at this point. The day before that uh, was at Mount Sinai versus Shoreham Waning River. Shoreham Waning River won seven to five. The big hit was Joey Marchese. You know, I, I wrote this too that. You know, when you're when you're a, a good team, it's usually it's because you're getting big hits from the bottom of the lineup. And when you can turn a deficit into a lead from a go-ahead home run from your number eight hitter, that's when you're living good. And Shoreham, they're always one of the top teams. They've made they've made it to the playoffs thirty-five years in a row, whatever it is. You know, dating back to the dating back to the early nineteen eighties and you know, they're they're just they're tough to beat because they don't beat themselves. They always have good pitching. You know, they got Jake Halloran started that game. He's going to Hofstra. You know, you got Billy Steele. He's a potential draft pick next year. Uh, so I don't really see too many teams beating them either. You know, anybody can beat anyone on any given day. But they've they've proven to be just as tough as they've ever been. And that was with and this is with having no returning varsity players. So. So that, you know, great job by Joey Marchese, by the way. I mean, to step up in that spot, to, to turn a 5-3. A what was it? They were down 3-2. Uh, to two. He turned it into a 5-3 lead. So they wound up holding on 7-5 to five in that game. You know, and Mount Sinai is a really good team. Um, you know, they started Danny Kelechan that day. They also have Chris Petuios. They have JT Caruso. They have Kyle Salvati. Salvati he pitched in that game. Um Will Rogers can hit, Matt Galley can hit, um, Liam Liam Bowes, LJ Bone, Matt Carrera. So, the, you know what? The reason why I didn't put them in the top 10 preseason is because they're young. You know, they're, they're going to be back next year. So, even if they're not um, a county championship team this year, all their best players are back next year. So, Mount Sinai is going to be there for a while. Uh, and that's a scary thought for, for Class A teams, I think. So that was Wednesday. Real quick, we'll go over Tuesday. That was Division versus Manhasset. Just a death by a thousand paper cuts type game for Manhasset. I mean, there's no reason why they should have lost. They had base runners in every inning. They stranded the bases loaded. Um, 
in the sixth, in the fourth. They stranded first and third in the in the. Uh, let me see. They stranded first and third in the first inning and the third inning, and they stranded the bases loaded in the fourth inning and the sixth inning. That is, that is painful. Um, you know, I actually felt bad because you could just see the frustration on the kids' faces. They were just pressing way too hard. But you know what? That's what division does. Bend but don't break. They throw strikes. They're not gonna be overwhelmed. They're not gonna be intimidated by a big moment. The kid Mike Knapp is is a big time pitcher. Thirteen strikeouts in five innings. Uh, Frank Vespa came in relief, and you know what? They they might give up base runners, but they don't give up the long ball, and they don't make errors. They don't throw wild pitches. The the things that bad teams do to beat themselves, they just don't do it. Um, and and Manhasset, I like them. They have a ton of pitching. But, you know, you got to hit with runners in scoring position. Otherwise, you're going to uh, lose close games. And that's what happened today. So I think Manhasset will be fine. They came back and won the next game, in fact. But, you know, games like this, um, it, it could come back to bite you in the butt. Uh, so that was on Tuesday of last week. And then on Monday was a crazy Kings Park Miller Place game. You know, I don't think there's a lot that you can learn from the game because it's not often that a team's going to put up 14 runs. I don't think Miller Place is going to give up 14 runs very often. Um, but congratulations to Coach Andrew Brew and Brian Dorsey on their first wins as head coach. They actually took over last year and the season got canceled. So they didn't get a chance to uh, get that elusive first win. But it was a crazy game. I mean, it seemed like Miller Place was in charge. And then they just had an absolute you know, breakdown in that in the middle innings when they gave up 10 runs. Um it was, so Miller Place was up 10 to 4 in the fourth inning. And then uh, in the f- top of the fifth, Kings Park sent 15 batters to the plate. The first eight reached safely. And uh, it was just a complete breakdown. And they wound up holding on. It was just a crazy game. I mean, the umpire left, gets a concussion. So playing the last two innings with only one umpire, just nutty, nutty stuff. Um, but. So that was the last week that we've that we've covered. Um, from now on, I'll try to get these out on Mondays so that we're not doing a week and a half worth of recaps. So just doing, you know, one week. But uh, also this weekend, Suffolk is in the playoffs. Suffolk Suffolk Community College plays on Friday in the Region Fifteen Championship. Malloy is going to host uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in the ECC Championship. They're going to look to um, make it to the NCAA Regionals. And then, of course, Adelphi uh, will be home. And then Division One schools, they close out. LIU's got Merrimack. Uh, Stony Brook uh, has Binghamton. So there's a lot of baseball. This is the exciting time, man. This is it. There's uh, college and high school going on at the same time. Uh, teams vying for, for playoff position. It's just an exciting time for baseball. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Access Baseball Podcast.